Welcome to another episode of Mental Health Mondays. It is the week of, let's see, January 8th, 2023. Welcome back another week. Um, if, you, if you're watching this, I don't know if you're watching or listening, but a little different. Trying out some new things. Just got the new mic. Got some new lighting and stuff. It's very overwhelming in here, actually. I don't know what to do with my hands. I'm so used to holding the microphone, but... The audio quality will be much better and, you know, just slowly trying to improve things over time. I don't know if it's going to be annoying to see this desk in front of me or if it's cool. I don't know, man. I'm trying a little too hard, but at the same time, I want to put some effort into it. If you're tuning in, listening and trying to improve your mental health and just escape for an hour or something or whatever. I don't know. Why Why do you listen? Um, I guess that could be one reason to escape. Escapism is... Uh, fickle thing because it's okay sometimes to want to uh kind of shut your brain down or not necessarily shut your brain down but just distract yourself from your everyday struggles and stuff that's totally fine but to ignore them completely is bad so got to try to balance that but anyways thank you very much for tuning in and i apologize ahead of time for any technical difficulties that i might experience during this one Actually, I wish I never said that. There's not going to be any technical difficulties. It's fine. I more apologize for the fact that it'll be impossible for me not to touch this cool microphone arm that I just got and adjust it because it works so good. See, and the audio doesn't even change. Pretty cool. Anyways, welcome back. Another week. Uh, I wonder, I mean, for me, my New Year's resolutions are going excellent. They're difficult, but they're going well. So that's good. Uh, my two that I mentioned last week were quitting the vape. That's been difficult, but sticking to it as best as possible. And then working out has been good. It's only one week, but you got to start somewhere. I try to remind myself that I'm a very, I, I've, as I've said many times on the podcast, I'm a very all or nothing type of person. So I get obsessed with something and I go super hard at it. And that is good for some things or that's good for the meantime but it's very hard to sustain that it's like you burn so hot but you can only burn that hot for so long so i'm trying to allow myself to ease into things um and like have grace with myself and know that it, it is a process as cheesy and as corny as it might sound working out and that's another thing is like i hold myself to a pretty high standard and once i don't meet that standard i tear myself down mentally and allow my thoughts to race and just completely destroy any progress that I might have made and go back to zero instead of just realizing you're going to meet some bumps in the road. There's going to be some hiccups. You just got to keep moving forward. As long as you're trending upwards and moving in the right direction, you got to just let the results fall where they may. And that's another really difficult part of working out specifically is that you don't see results right away. I would say that I feel better immediately i know how good it feels to work out i know how good i feel after a workout even during a workout again it's one of those things that for that hour period of you pushing yourself physically that you're only focused on that or even if you're not only focused on that when when you're just i feel like clear-headed when i'm at the gym which is nice it's not always that way obviously there are times where i don't want to be there or like I don't know. I, I feel like I'm trying to grow as a person and not judge people so much. And not that I'm a judgmental person, but like it's hard for me not to like default to my old ways of like I hate everything and I hate everyone. 
because part of like I, I like kind of being a cynical like dickhead sometimes. It's funny. It can be funny. But there's a balance again, it's all about balance. There's a balance to it where it's like, yeah, but you're, you know, it's another human being. Just let them be. But part of the fun is people watching and making up stories in your head and all that stuff. So I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> going to the gym has been good. That New Year's resolution is going pretty well. Um, still getting into back to like being in my house and like this fucking studio is driving me crazy. I half regret making it the room that I did make it. We have three. We live in a three bedroom with just me and my girlfriend. So obviously one bedroom is our actual room. And I'll get to that in a second. And then there's two other bedrooms. Needed at least a two bedroom because I needed the studio. But there's three bedrooms. So the whole thought was, okay, let's put the studio in the furthest possible room away from our bedroom so that you know, if I be annoyed, I don't know. So to cut down on the noise or how annoying it might be at times um, for her. And the only problem with that is that the furthest bedroom from our bedroom is the smallest room in the house. And I have too much shit. I really do. And a lot of it is equipment. Like I'm looking right now, I see like mic stands and lighting and like my instruments and the two guitars next to me and stuff. But then like, do I really need these two bookshelves full of toys? No, but at the same time, I want it to be my space. Like, I like cool, like, little nerdy collectible things. But at the same time, uh, I might have to do away with some of it. And that's very difficult for me. Downsizing is very hard for me. I feel like I attach, I attach sentimental value to things that don't need sentimental value attached to them. And it's very hard for me to let go. Listen, hoarding is a whole another thing. No judgment. I know it's a legitimate mental disorder, but obviously it's hard to wrap our heads around houses that are filled with garbage and trash. But to a small level, I kind of understand because, again, I don't need these toys surrounding me and just other things that I hold on to that are not necessary and that are really just taking up space when this is supposed to be a functional studio. So it's difficult. I, I don't know. Like I want, you know, I have video games and stuff in here. And I haven't played video games in so long. But like I wanted this to be like my studio, but then also like a space to come and just chill, play video games, whatever. But the more and more I realize, the more that I, or the more I, the, <laughs> the more time goes on, the more I realize I need to probably do something about all this fucking clutter because it makes it hard to move around in here. Like just to set up this newer podcast situation where I don't know I again this is all silly stuff but like have the desk set up laptop little now I have finally have a place for the coffee that I constantly talk about um but even setting this up was a fucking you know puzzle because I have to like be careful and also everything in here is like fragile or expensive so I'm trying to be careful it's a little ridiculous so uh, this week I'm gonna brainstorm on how I can kind of reorganize the studio and that might require getting rid of Han Solo and a lot of my toys. I'm a grown ass man, dude. It's so funny. Whatever. I like I like what I like. Can't judge myself for liking what I like. It's a little too late now to not like the things I like. Do you feel like when you enter your mid twenties, late twenties, early thirties, like we're always a work in progress, but sometimes I feel like this is me now. Like I love 
I have my passions. I have my friends that I actually enjoy. I have my family. And outside of that, it's like I have no room for anything else new. I know there's a Seinfeld bit at one point. It's like on an episode of Seinfeld in the beginning when he's doing stand-up where he says, I was like, once you're at a certain age, there's no more room for any new friends. It's just all the slots are filled. They know what I like. I know what they like. They know what makes me mad. I know what makes them mad. Like all that kind of stuff. I kind of feel like you could extrapolate that out to like almost everything in life. That once you get to a certain age, it's hard to like find new interests or drop old ones. Again, finding new habits, dropping old bad habits. It's all a process. It's all like part of the human experience. But the more I go on, the more I realize like I just I'll, I just that I have my things that I like and I have my things that I don't like and I am what I am. But also still a work in progress. Still always trying to get better as a human being. Uh, so yeah, anyways, I very stupidly picked the smallest room in the house to put the studio in. It's not that it's too late to move it to the other room. It would be a fucking hassle. And also the other room is now full of shit. Just like it's, it went from being, hey, we'll make like a little home gym slash yoga zen room. That's what our thought was moving in to it's just Halloween and Christmas decorations and like an old TV and just shit suitcases. It's funny. And then you realize back to the hoarding thing. I complain about. We, we complain about, oh, look at all this shit I have, or like, I have no space for all this stuff. And it's just a reminder that it's like, exactly, you live in abundance. You live in abundance. You have way more than you could ever possibly need. And you're complaining about having too much. And there are people who are scratching pennies together, trying to get a crumb of food for their family. And you somehow have the time and the, the mental... Like you have it in your head somehow to complain about having too much. And that's something I realized this week. Like, dude, just part ways with some of the toys and some of the shit you really don't need. There are people out there struggling for a, a clean glass of water. And you're like, oh, I have no space for all my stuff. It's ridiculous. So this week, we'll see if I have some time. See, I'm already hedging my bets. I'm like, oh, well, if I get around to it, maybe I'll adjust and, and throw some shit away. No, seriously, this week, I have to. Uh, I must downsize a bit, get rid of some stuff. I don't know. I am running out of room because that's another thing. It's like I don't want I I it's this apartment is very big. It's a very spacious apartment, you know, all things considered. But with that said, I don't have enough room for the stuff that I don't want to get rid of. I just don't have room for it now. You know, when I grow up and become a real adult and have a home, um, I hope to like have a a space for all this kind of stuff but right now my current situation is not cutting it as far as room for unnecessary things but yeah so that's just that room is what it is this is the studio probably not going to change rooms um but that brings me back to our bedroom i've been chronicling our struggles with this apartment since the beginning of the podcast pretty much let me preface it by saying, I really like this place. Again, it's a big apartment. For the price, considering that we live in Los Angeles, we're getting a lot of space. Like like I said, three bedrooms, two bathrooms. It's 
The kitchen's fully updated. Everything's pretty modern, even though it's a 100-year-old house. But every step of the way, there's been a problem, whether it be the neighbors letting their dog shit everywhere or many other things with the neighbors I'm not going to mention or the leak in the roof every single time it rains and they come to fix it, yet it's never fixed. And now they've actually made it worse and it there's a leak in another place. It's ridiculous. Um, I'm trying to think of the other things. Oh, our the first month of living here, every couple days, the toilet and tub would back up and like whatever was in, I don't know how fucking plumbing works, whatever was, you know, you, the water drains through the drain and then it goes somewhere. Well, whatever was in that somewhere was backing up into our tubs, into the toilet and shit. It's disgusting. Couldn't even use it. And then our heat wasn't working, which sounds, again, silly. We live in Los Angeles. But, you know, when it's 40 degrees at night and the house is 100 years old, the insulation is almost zero. It's fucking freezing in here. Couldn't use the heat for like a couple weeks. It's just been every step of the way. There's been an issue. And our property manager, our, I, he, he's not our landlord, but he's the one we communicate with. He's, I don't, I don't want to say his name just in case. I don't know, but he's the best little old Korean guy. He's the best. He's the sweetest. He came over, gave us like chocolates for Christmas. He brought Jay a cake for her birthday. Very sweet man. And he's been trying to be as accommodating as possible the entire time. But it's like patience wears thin at some point. And now, now, we have termites, dude. Termites? Really? The other day we went to our room. I went to our room, like, getting ready for bed. And I just see, like, two bugs on the bed. This is giving me out to say. And it, it makes me feel dirty almost, which is ridiculous. But two bugs on the bed. I'm like, what is this? And then I look at the floor and I notice other ones. And they have wings. They're, like, flying around, but, like, not really. They almost look like dumb i don't know or like like they you know sometimes like if you see a bee flying all weird it could be because he like i think they get drunk off of like sugar or something let me look it up see this is the benefit of having this computer here we'll see if it becomes a benefit or a distraction pretty quickly i don't have a producer because it's just me but let's see drunk bees google that frank Honeybees, like humans, can also get drunk by sucking on fermented limes. Bees can experience a very similar buzz from alcohol. I don't know. That doesn't matter. Sometimes you'll see a bee flying and it's kind of bumping into stuff and it's not like it's like being slow or like or you ever see a bee that's not flying at all. Maybe they're sick. I don't know. Save the bees, all that shit. I'm just using it, using it as an example because that was the first thing that came to my mind when I saw these bugs. They were like kind of moving slow and they had wings, but they weren't flying. Killed a couple of them and like even approaching them, they like wouldn't move or they'd like just hop. They wouldn't really fly away. I'm like, what the fuck are these? I'm thinking, oh, maybe they're carpenter ants. I know carpenter ants fly and shit. It's kind of difficult to tell. And then I saw a couple other bugs with no wings and I'm like, what's going on? After a couple days of killing them and sweeping off the bed and feeling skeeved out in my own bedroom, um, I finally looked it up and termites, didn't know this, have wings until they mate. And then they lose their wings. So we're seeing all these little wings everywhere on the ground and shit too. Little clear, tiny little wings. And I'm like, fuck, dude. That means not only that these are termites, but they've also mated. And they're losing their wings, which means there's going to be more of them. 
so it's just another one thing after another. Talk to the landlord. He said like a, a year ago, they did the whole tent the house. It's funny when you move in, they don't tell you things like that. But I guess a year ago, they tented the house, fumigated it, gassed it, all that stuff. But so we they had the exterminator come yesterday. He assessed the situation. Also, a bit of advice. Because at first, I didn't know where they're coming from. And then I found a tiny little hole. I have a video of it. Maybe I'll put it up on the podcast, on the video podcast. Um, there's a There was a tiny little hole at, under our window. And I just see this little fucking nasty little termite crawling out of it. I'm like, no way. It's so gross. And now to think like they're just behind the wall in there. This might sound like a little dramatic and wimpy. And it's, I get it. But bugs are gross. Um, but anyways... If you find a little termite hole, what I found on Google is that you should put like tape over it or something and then call the exterminator. If you don't put tape, they're going to keep coming out. Who knows what they'll, get, what they'll get into. Put a little tape over the hole. Call the exterminator. He explained. I don't know why this whole podcast. This is a mental health podcast. I'm talking about fucking termites. But we, there, uh, yeah, the exterminator came. He explained to me that there's two types of termites. One is the kind you can gas and kill. The other one is not because they're they come like so they're subterranean termites, so they come from the soil. So they got to drill holes where they think they're coming from and pump chemicals into the soil. Great, wonderful, probably great for the environment. So it just I say all that to say it just never ends with this apartment. I like this place. The the neighborhood's not terrible. It's not the greatest, but it's not terrible. Everyone on our street is pretty cool, with the exception of our immediate neighbor we do have one neighbor that parties constantly which is like what are you gonna do let them live it's not that big of a deal we're not 100 years old we don't have babies can't really complain that much but with that said it it's kind of difficult because i'm i'm a big believer on taking the signs that the universe gives you but sometimes it's hard to interpret are these signs from the universe or are these just normal things that every human being goes through and it's not necessarily a signal to like change up what's going on again i love this apartment but there's been a problem every step of the way and then it gets me overthinking like i oh we've already thought about like eventually we're going to move out of los angeles when i don't know i feel like there's still more i have to do here before i can feel comfortable in saying my time there was worth it i'm done on to the next place next location whatever especially being in music yeah there are a lot of places that are big in music but like there's really no still no bigger place in the industry as far as where everything is located other than los angeles and new york so it's difficult to know where we would want to move um anyways but that had that seed has been in my head that eventually we're going to get out of here and again i like to listen to the signals of the universe and it's like, we finally moved in together, a lot of change, a lot of crazy shit went on. We're in a new place together. We like this apartment, almost seemed too good to be true. And then little things start revealing themselves to you. And it's like, okay, is this just part of living in a big city? Is this just part of living in an apartment, not owning your home? Is this just part of the human experience? We all go through things where it's like, oh, you know, my Amazon package got stolen stolen out of my apartment. Like these things just seem to happen nowadays. Is it just that or is it the universe nudging us like, hey, 
see all these little breadcrumbs I'm leaving you? Maybe you don't need to be there anymore. Maybe you need to, you know, expand, get out of there. I don't know. It's very difficult. Again, you do need to listen to the the world's always speaking. The world is always talking to you, the universe, whatever you believe in. It's constantly communicating with you. Whatever other energy is out there is constantly communicating with us, but it can be very difficult to interpret what things are really messages from the universe and what things are just happenstance, just circumstance, just coincidence. And that gets into this whole ideological battle of, is there any such thing as coincidence? Is everything meant to be? Is everything pre-planned? Do you have free will? And this, my friends, is my anxious mind. That is my exact crux of the way I go about things, the way I think about things. In one way, I think it's beautiful. I enjoy the way I think about things. I enjoy the way I perceive things. But maybe it's just not all that deep. And I constantly struggle with that. Like, I think I'm probably just overthinking this. But at the same time, I don't want to do a disservice to myself and like disrespect the universe if the universe is sending me signs and signals. So it's a difficult thing. And all of this came to me because we now have termites in the apartment. So I don't know. I don't know the answer. But I'll tell you what. That's actually one of the more fun parts of being a human is the whole making mistakes thing. The whole, like, people say uh, vision is twenty twenty in retrospect, meaning once something is said and done, it's very easy to look back and be like, oh, I should have seen that coming. By the way, huge pet peeve of mine. When you explain something to someone uh, about your life or a situation you were going through and how it ended, and then they'll be like, See, I told you, I knew it all along. Like, shut the fuck up. No, you don't. No one knows anything. Um, <laughs> at least that's my default response to people when they do that. Um, vision is always twenty twenty in retrospect, and that can be frustrating. But at the same time, it's one of the like beautiful parts of like being a human being and growing and learning and being able to be on the other side of something and look back and really decipher the lessons. Because sometimes it's very difficult in the moment to get the lesson that you're being taught. Sometimes you don't realize something is a lesson until you already use what you learned from that lesson. Sometimes something happens in your life and when you're in the midst of it, when you're going through this very difficult thing, it's very, very hard for you to tell, oh, this is just one of those life lessons until you're on the outside of it and you already are moving different. You're already acting different than you would have during that the situation that you were going through. And it's one of those beautiful things about being a human is that we're constantly learning and constantly evolving. And sometimes you don't know you're in the midst of a lesson until you've already learned the lesson from it. And then you have the, if you're lucky enough, you have the opportunity to look back on it and be like, wow, that was amazing. Uh, you know, it was a blessing in disguise, all that kind of stuff. So I don't know if this apartment situation will be one of those things. If I'll look back and I'd be like, yes, obviously all those things that were happening were a signal to get out of there. Or if I'll look back and be like, overall, I really loved our experience at at that apartment. So, And I do. I do love our apartment. I do love our space. I do like this little studio. I'm grateful. I don't want to sound ungrateful. Um, And I I don't think I am ungrateful. We have to constantly be reminding ourselves to show gratitude to everything we have. And I have more than I could ever dream of or ask for. But with that said, natural as a human being to you know, get frustrated by the constant little things. It's like, I'm trying to fucking, 
like with the leak, it's so stupid, but it's like can't even cook dinner when the roof is leaking because it's right over the stove. It's like all these little things just add up and it gets frustrating. But again, I don't know. We'll see, you know, years down the line. It's kind of like when when like with a president. It's, you know, we we live in the now and we live in a micro the microwave age. That's what everyone says. And. So we want answers now. We want results now. We want to know, like, it's like all those sports shows, those hot take shows. Like right now, this is what a fact, this is the fact. But really, the reality of things takes time. It takes time for things to unfold and to really know what the fuck is going on. Like worst president, best president. It takes years. It takes four presidents from now to really adjust our, our viewpoint and be like, how was that president? It's the same thing with everything in life. So three years from now, when we're not in this apartment or we're, you know, wherever we are in life, wherever I am, wherever she is, wherever we are in life, we'll be able to look back and be like, those were signs or damn, we had it good because this new apartment sucks, whatever it might be. So that's been something I've been dealing with, with these fucking termites. Look, coffee. Now you can see this is good. I like this setup, I think. Although I'm a scared, I'm a scared. I'm scared that you just heard the gulp from that coffee, which be gross because this isn't an ASMR thing. Although now with this cool new microphone, I could do ASMR stuff. Um, what a weird thing that is, huh? Yeah. What else is new? It's a good phrase. What else is new? It's Mike reminds me of my grandma, that old way of thinking of things. I'm like, yeah, Maron. What else is new? She wasn't even Italian. She wouldn't have said Maron. She would have said Macabusca which I think means Mother Mary or Mother of God or something like that in Polish. Mental Health Mondays, dude. Um, I've been thinking more and more about the fact that, well, I need a guest. I need some guests because people are only going to listen to me ramble on for so long. But I've been thinking about the fact that sometimes it's difficult for me to do the podcast or come up with things to talk about because my mental health has been good. And so I guess maybe I, I could do an update on that as far as the antidepressants. It has now been several months since I've been fully off of antidepressants. Again, I was on sertraline, which is an SSRI. And in the beginning, it was so difficult. It was genuinely so hard. Uh, Again, looking back on it, you can really reflect on like, wow, I was not in a good place mentally during that period of time. Thank God I had people around me to like kind of help me through it and coach me through it. Thank God. Um, it was really, it was really hard. It's really difficult. Um, just, I feel like, again, my patience was zero. I was very quick to anger, which is not something even before being put on antidepressants that I ever really, I'm just not an angry guy. I, I I'm a fiery person. Like when I get passionate about something, I'm passionate about it. But in, in terms of just like overall general mood, I'm not typically an angry person. So that was like a huge change when I like first got off them completely. It was just I was would get so mad about the smallest stuff. And just like that sends you down a spiral of dark thoughts over and over and over again. I was very uh, it's funny because when you get put on antidepressants, they say that like you'll be tired and stuff, which is true because uh, your body's just adjusting to whatever the fuck is going on in your brain now. 
but also when I was taken off of them, was constantly tired, uh, no energy, no motivation. Um, and another thing that they constantly say, people say when you get put on antidepressants that it could affect your creativity. And when I first was put on them, I would say that's true. But then I kind of got used to it and it didn't really affect me. They don't really say that when you get off of them, that'll happen. But that did seem to happen to me where I felt like a lack of creativity or maybe I don't know that it was a lack of creativity, but it was a lack of trust in my own creative abilities because I was kind of in a dark place mentally while I was getting off of them. Um, and that's not a fun place to be for any creative person. Uh, now, this lasted acutely for like two weeks, three weeks, maybe. I'll, we'll, uh, we'll round it up to a month. We'll say it was like a reverse parabola where it was not bad right away, and then it got worse and worse and worse, and then it was fine. Now, on the outside of things, now that I am months removed from that process of getting off of them, um, I feel fine. I feel completely normal, quote-unquote normal. Now, I was on them for depersonalization disorder to begin with, anxiety, depression, all that stuff, but specifically because I was having these symptoms of depersonalization, and they never fully helped with that anyway. I would say that, so so I'm back to my my normal of what I was before. I still feel depersonalized quite often, but that wasn't that much different than when I was on them anyway. Um, I feel like, again, for me, being on antidepressants was, it was like a fail safe. It was like, here will bring, it like brought my baseline up to manageable so that I had the mental capacity to learn ways of actually dealing with my mental health symptoms, whether it be anxiety or depression or depersonalization disorder. Because I had that failsafe of being on antidepressants and they helped me like keep my baseline high enough to not ever get too low. Now, it didn't ever get too high either, which was one of the reasons why I wanted to get off of them, but it never got too low. So it gave me like some breathing room or some like, it's like I had a, a, a tool in place to uh, learn ways of handling my actual symptom, like what was actually causing me anxiety or depression or ways to actually get over it because medicine is really a Band-Aid. Not a Band-Aid so much as it's a, it's a tool. It's a tool. Now, you still need, if, you, if say it was a hammer and a nail, you still need wood. You still need blueprints to build a house. So... But with that said, that hammer and nail and having that gave me the space to the, okay, let me go get the blueprints. Let me go get the wood and build this house of comfort, I suppose, around my mental health. And now being off of them, I'm still able to utilize the, the other tools that I learned along the way of kind of getting past the initial, like, I need help phase where I needed, I needed to be on some sort of medication because I felt like I was going crazy. I felt like I was losing it. Um, so in that initial phase, I, the initial phase of going on them and all that stuff, it really did provide me with the opportunity to learn ways of coping with my what my actual issues were. And now on the outside, now that I'm off of them, I've gone through the withdrawal period. I've gone through the, it was just the right decision period. I can say that Definitely, I notice a difference in mood. Um, I have 
got I've had moments where I did feel more depressed or more low than I would have if I was still on medication. But with that said, I cherish the time that I was on the medication because it, like I said, 115 times now, it allowed me that time and that space to learn positive, healthy ways of picking myself back up. And now, even though I'm not on the medication and it might be, I don't know, technically easier for me to slip off into like a bad mental headspace, I have the tools without medication now to pick myself up and be okay. And so overall, I do not regret my decision. I don't regret my decision on going on them. I, I'm not one of those horror stories that you hear where people like, it just some some it just some medications do not agree with certain people and i'm blessed and very grateful that that was not the case for me um i really think that overall i had a pretty good experience on on ssris uh again i'm not promoting doing them or not doing them it really i don't fucking have the qualification to ever tell someone what to do in that regard just my own normal human experience really worked for me got to a point where I didn't want to rely on them anymore and I felt like maybe I didn't need them anymore. Had a difficult process of getting off of them, which I don't think there really is any easy way to get off of them. Just slowly and have grace with yourself. Uh, and then now that I haven't been on them for a few months, no more withdrawal symptoms or anything, I don't regret my decision of going on them or getting off of them. And I feel pretty damn good mentally. But I will say that the scarier part, one of the scary parts for me of getting off of antidepressants, or actually I should say, one of the scarier parts for me of being on antidepressants was the day or two period every once in a while where I couldn't, I didn't have access to my medication. Um, because when you go a day or two, when you have a certain dosage of this stuff in you for a long period of time and your brain is used to this and then all of a sudden it gets ripped away for a day or two, it is a really, really dark place to be in. Uh, and unfortunately, you know, J uh, Jay doesn't care because Jay respects this and also, you know, believes in the whole ending the stigma and being transparent about things. She recently was prescribed with antidepressants and this was the first time this a few days ago where she had that same experience where, you know, something happened, it happens, where either the doctor didn't put it in in time, or you didn't realize, hey, I'm running out, and you, you know, a lot of doctors will require you when, you know, hey, are, are you still feeling good on these, because it could be a dangerous thing, uh, you know, are you liking how this is making you feel, uh, is it actually helping, all that kind of stuff, and maybe just, there's just a lapse in communication for, a, you know, a day, and then that, and then all of a sudden there's an insurance issue at the pharmacy. I don't know, it happens where you're gonna, it's gonna be possible that you miss a dose. That's why you have to be extra proactive, by the way, um, and make sure that you're, you don't, because it's poo-poo. Um, so this was her first experience of missing a dose because of some shit like that. And she was not in a good place for a 24-hour period. It was really, really hard. And I hated seeing her go through that because I've been through that and she's seen me go through that and luckily because I have some experience doing that um I was able to kind of coach her through but really it's a fucking battle internally uh 
the way I described it to her, if you're a Harry Potter fan, you'll understand, is it's like being attacked by a Dementor. When you are going through withdrawal symptoms of an antidepressant and then you have an anxiety or a panic attack, it's like you feel like your soul is being sucked out. There's a scene in Harry Potter where they describe it as like, it felt as though nothing would ever be right in the world again. That's the exact feeling of when you're going off antidepressants and you, you're feeling the symptoms of withdrawal, you're feeling anxious, you're feeling depressed. Now there's an anxiety attack coming uh, or a panic attack. I don't really know the difference between the two, by the way. Um, and it really feels like in that moment, your head feels thick. Your chest feels rapid or like, like it's like, I don't know, it feels almost like tight but also light at the same time. Um, and it really feels like, um, this is my forever. I'm going to feel like this forever. This is how I feel now. And this is the only thing I can even remember feeling is this moment of just absolute dread, dark thoughts racing. And it's not even dark thoughts racing. It's, it doesn't necessarily mean like I'm feeling suicidal in this moment, but more just like nothing is okay. This is bad this is very bad it's probably your brain letting you know like yo don't do this this is no good um but it, it really does feel like like you're being attacked by a mentor like your your soul is getting sucked out and you have uh whoa that was weird Did you hear my throat just then and uh like your soul is getting sucked out and you will never feel joy again and i'm here to tell you that's not the case you just Drink water, breathe slow, lots of slow, intentional breaths. Make sure you have someone around for sure. Going through that alone is fucking hard. I've done that before too. Let me tell you, it's much easier when you have someone by your side. Even if they don't really fully understand what the fuck is happening to you, at least having someone there to lean on and just be with someone. Feels good to be with people. Misery loves company, that whole situation. But genuinely, when you're going through something like that, feels good to have someone around you. Um just slow, purposeful breaths in for a few seconds. Hold. The golden rule that I've found is like it, the amount of seconds, three seconds in, four seconds in, whatever, hold for that same amount of seconds and then out for double. That's what I was taught. It's worked for me. So say you want to breathe really deep for one, two, three, hold, two, Three, one, two, three, four, five, six. Again, it just slows everything down, slows your mental process down, slows your heart rate, all that. That on top of drinking tons of water, making sure you're hydrated. I don't know the exact scientific shit of it, but I would imagine that when you're going through withdrawal symptoms of stuff like that, body probably is dehydrated as well. I don't know. It seems like everything bad dehydrates you. So making sure you're hydrated, making sure your brain is lubricated and working correctly. Um, so slow, slow, purposeful breaths, hydration, having someone there and just really being present in the moment, knowing that wherever you are at that moment, that's where you're supposed to be. Everything is going to be okay. This feeling, this terrible, awful feeling you're having is not forever. It is for this moment, and that's okay. You're not always going to feel perfect. You know, it's it's not going to last forever. 
you're going to get through it. You just have to breathe through it. So that's what I was trying to coach her with. And it, you know, obviously she's okay. She's fine. I knew she was going to be okay. She didn't know, you know, I, I didn't know I was going to be okay when I was going through those things. So I'm saying this as someone who has dealt with this numerous times. Um, and I'm not saying that like, you're wrong if you don't feel like you're going to be okay or like it's bad. Like I'm not like, no, you're going to be okay, dude. Suck it up. I'm not saying like that, but you are going to be okay. And maybe just maybe if you can accept that in that moment, it will help you get through that shitty, shitty, shitty feeling of the withdrawal. Um, and then when I was getting off of them, it wasn't like that all the time, but there were times where it was pretty bad with that feeling of that Dementor feeling of, just absolute dread. I'm telling you, dude, an anxiety or panic attack is literally like a dementor sucking the soul from you. You feel like nothing will ever be right in the world again. You feel like panicky and your heart starts racing and you just feel like the soul is getting ripped from your body. And uh, I guess you got to find your Patronus. This is a very nerdy way of explaining how to get through a panic attack. But genuinely, find what works for you. If there's no right or wrong way. I guess there's probably some wrong ways to deal with anxiety, actually. Drugs, drinking, fucking ignoring it. But seriously, find what works for you and let that be your spell against this fucking evil dementor that's sucking the soul out of you, aka panic attacks, anxiety attacks, depression. Because you can get through it. And just like if you if if I fall deeper into the Harry Potter reference, in that scene in Prisoner of Azkaban. Him and Hermione are across the lake. He's like, my dad's coming. My dad's going to do the patron. Eventually, he realizes, no, it's me that did it. And at some point, you got to realize when you're dealing with anxiety and depression, yes, you need to go to therapy. You should. Maybe some medication will help you. Absolutely. But the work comes from within. You have to be willing to accept that there are things that you need to change. There are things that you need to learn. Things, whether it be breathing, hydration, uh, meditation, just disconnecting from for a while and focusing on you to mitigate those anxiety and depression symptoms. That is your spell against this terrible, evil, evil thing that seems like it's sucking the life out of you in those moments. And uh, it's possible. I promise you it's possible. Just remember to breathe. Slow everything down. This is not forever. This feeling is not forever. It's going to be better. You can figure it out. There are resources, all that stuff. Like, you're going to be okay. So... But yeah, I thought that was a pretty good reference that or a pretty good comparison. Again, I'm a nerd. Who knows if you're listening and you're like, I've never fucking seen Harry. Harry what? Um, also, what do you live on a rock? Man, Harry Potter is the best. Always. And the Deadly Hallows right there. Uh, yeah, dude, just it's all going to be okay. I have to remind myself that constantly. Last week. Let me take a sip of water, actually. I'm feeling a little hoarse in the throat. Last week, I uh, said that my last New Year's resolution was choosing happiness. And I've had to remind myself that so much just in one week of this year. That in every, every given, any given situation, I do have the ability to choose happiness. And to not get upset, to not be impatient, to not be furious over something that does not require being furious. And in just one week, I've had a lot of trouble doing that. And it's just a reminder that like, 
it's a, it's always a process, dude. It's always it's not as far it's not like you say something it sounds good and that's what you live by now, or or even like all right this this year's New Year's resolution and then next year I'll pick pick something else. Like no, that's a complete mental shift. Choosing happiness, it's a complete change in your whole shit. We especially in today's day and age, we default to thinking. People are out to get us, that everything is a personal attack, that if someone disagrees with us, that they're wrong, I'm right, there's no way I could be wrong, my opinions are solid and correct. We constantly think that like the world is an evil place and I feel like it's almost become cool and trendy to think that, which sucks. And also, I'm guilty of it too. I tend to think people suck. A lot of people do suck. I tend to think that there are, there are so many atrocities in this world that it, it seems unfair, but there are so many good things and there's so much light and positivity in the world that I have to constantly remind myself of as well. But it's just, it's proof to me, at least in this past week, that it's not as easy as I was making it out to be to always choose happiness, but it is the way. It This is the way, like fucking Mandalorian. Shout out Yoda, baby Yoda, Grogu actually. Um. It is the correct way. It is the better way of living. I promise that in every moment, if you can choose happiness and you do choose happiness, you will be happier. Maybe there's a little fake it till you make it in there. I don't know if that's so bad. That's not that bad to fake it till you make it. I mean, it, the end of fake it till you make it is make it. So at, at one point you made it if you fake it till you make it. But even if it's forcing yourself in the beginning to choose happiness in the moments where you're fucking furious or you're super anxious or super depressed, it will work eventually. Whether it be immediately stopping yourself and showing gratitude, being thankful, one, that you're still breathing, that you even have the ability to be angry in that moment or upset in that moment. That's a blessing. You're alive. Whether it's gratitude for the fact that, you know, I don't know, anything. Showing gratitude is a great way in each moment where you're like, you know what? This isn't the biggest of deals. I have so much to be grateful for. I'm not going to let this person piss me off, even though they did something that pisses you off. Obviously, there's a fine line. You don't let people wrong you. You don't let people disrespect you. You have to be assertive and stick up for yourself. But at the same time, I think we take that a bit too far when sometimes it's just not worth your mental effort and energy. And it's okay to take the high road and just choose happiness. Listen, let that... I, I, don't, I want everyone to be happy. But you do have to focus on you first. So you know what? Let that person be miserable. It's unfortunate. It's sad. Not that we should pity anyone, but like almost pity them. Like I feel bad for you that wherever your life has taken you to this moment, that you're feeling as shitty as you are, that you feel that you need to now project it on me. But choose happiness for yourself, dude. It's so much better. Again, I've been preaching this to myself all week. And there have been times where it's been easy. And there have been times where it's very difficult. But when I get past the very difficult times and do have the ability to choose happiness, it's so worth it. It's just better. It's just why you, you want to be happy. I want to be happy. Everyone wants to be happy, especially in this country, literally written in the Constitution or some shit, the pursuit of, <laughs> that sounds so stupid. We have the right to the pursuit of happiness. That's all we're guaranteed is the pursuit well, the easiest way to ensure 
that along that pursuit you will attain happiness is to be happy is to just force it on yourself dude just choose happiness choose to be happy i think i'm gonna make sure it's to say choose happiness it's like those old public service announcements that were like smile pass it on or some shit like that we used to watch in health class but genuinely choose happiness dude promise it's better it's always going to be better if you had the choice let me put it this way if someone were to come to you and say here i have two options right now context withstanding no context at all just god himself the creator of the universe came to you and said here are the two options you have happiness unhappiness 100 percent of people would pick happiness obviously well in every situation you have that choice so which one are you going to choose yes it's easier said than done but if you can train yourself to breathe take a step back view everything for its own purpose in that context at that time in that moment you will have the ability to choose happiness in each and every moment i'm trying to train myself it's not easy Again, I tend to be a curmudgeon. I tend to look at the world very cynically. And in some ways, I don't want that to change. But in as far as my overall happiness and well-being, I think I'm willing to not be so much of an asshole to choose happiness in certain situations. So that's what I'm going to continue to try to do for 2023 because that's whole Frankie's fucking New Year's resolution. Just choose happiness. Choose coffee too. It's the fucking best. Mm. real quick back on the antidepressant thing another thing i noticed is when i was at visiting family for the holidays um i was drinking way more than i have for months i was i drank like every day again not like getting inebriated blacked out drunk but enough to like feel a little buzz pretty much every day it's the holidays whatever let yourself live no, no harm no foul and I realized that uh, they say when you're on antidepressants, you're not supposed to drink. Makes sense. Fucking chemistry and shit in your brain. But I did anyway. And um, not like I, I've never had a drinking problem or anything, but especially there was a large chunk of the time that I was on medication that I'm in my early mid-20s. And we're going out partying. I'm not going to not have fun. That was my thought process. I'm not suggesting that you drink if you're on antidepressants. It's not a good idea. But it, I never really saw an effect of it except for hangovers. I had vicious, vicious hangovers every time I got really drunk. Uh, well, that's a dumb thing to say. But worse than the other people who were comparably drunk to me on a given night of going out when I was still taking antidepressants. Now that I'm off of them, I was like fine. So obviously it does affect you in some way. That's just another observation. It just... I just reminded myself of while well, I was taking a delicious sip of coffee. Uh, yeah, I noticed that, that my hangovers are not nearly as bad now that I am uh, not on antidepressants. Obviously, it's doing something. I'm sure there's some sort of interaction between the molecule. That's the other thing that's like trippy to me. And I've looked into it a bit, but it's like above my fucking intelligence level is like it's literally you're taking this tiny little pill that has a tiny amount of whatever that's going like these tiny, 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 tiny is not even the fucking word, little molecules attaching to things in your brain and like 
it's a trip, man. It really is the fact that all where every function in our body is dictated by tiny, 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 tiny little cells and molecules and atoms that are interacting with each other in a certain way. And if it doesn't go the correct way, you're gonna feel like shit. And if it go, if you can make sure that it's the best, most efficient way possible for these cells and molecules to interact, then you're gonna feel better. It's crazy, especially when you're going through health stuff. Like you realize that it's really at the molecular cellular level that things are going wrong. It's pretty fucking mind blowing. Um, my cells are feeling pretty good right now. I do. I feel great. I have to just say that I feel pretty fucking good. I also that's another thing. Not that I ever thought doing this podcast that like I was going to get on here and like be doomy doom and gloom for an hour and like sad like it was a therapy session or something. But I'm trying to be transparent about my mental health struggles. So I want to be like real and raw, but at the same time, like sitting down every week and being able to like get out my thoughts for just an hour even is so beneficial and helpful that it's impossible for me to like not be in a good mood while doing this. I think the, there's only one episode where I genuinely felt during it that like I was sad and not in a good mental headspace. And that was the one after I released the EP. But like other than that, every time that I'm on here, I feel good about just talking it out, man. So I don't know, maybe maybe that'll rub off on people and you'll realize like things things are things are okay. Things can get better and they will get better. Uh I guess on that note, thank you again so much for listening to my silly, stupid little podcast. Uh, I hope to grow it and expand it because I just want people to be okay. I do think it's possible for us to get more people than not to uh, live a happy, healthy lifestyle. Um, we're all going to make mistakes along the way. We're all going to run into to, to roadblocks and speed bumps. But as long as we continually push forward, adjust what we need to adjust, reflect on what we need to reflect on, and just always do your best at whatever it is, even if that means doing your best at being happy. As long as you're trying your best to be as happy as you can each moment, what else can you ask for? That's, I mean, there's only so much you can control. So control the things you can, always do your best, sit back, breathe, be grateful for all the things around you. Uh, it's all gonna be okay, I promise. And, uh, if, if you feel like it's not going to be okay, then get the help you need. Don't feel any certain way about it. It's okay to get help. It's not just okay. It's good. You know, by the way, fellas, nowadays, females think it's kind of hot if you're in therapy because it means that you're in tune with your feelings and you know that you need some work. So there's nothing to be afraid of. Genuinely, everything's going to be okay. I promise whatever you're going through in your life right now, you're going to get through it. Even if you need a little help from me or a little help from your friends and your family, you're going to get through it. Everything's going to be okay. I got to remember, I got this. You got to remember, you got this. And if not, we got this. We got each other. Thank you again for listening to this week's episode of Mental Health Monday. Please like, subscribe, comment, uh, share. Also, last little tidbit, um, starting this week, every episode will be on Spotify and, and Apple and stuff. So if you don't want to have to log into YouTube every time to watch, and then if you're not even watching and you're just listening, well, you know, it's better, obviously. 
but yeah, starting this week. So again, thank you so much. I got this. You got this. We got this. Enjoy your week. Take it easy. Everything's going to be okay. Choose happiness. I'll see you next